All right. Oh, cool. I was just actually going to ask you if you want me to cancel it and send a new one. So, okay. Are we ready here then? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I, I am going to, I'm trying to set this thing up to keep this microphone open from rubbing on me. Yeah, those of you just tuning in, Dan's, uh, Dan and I just figured out that his mic is rubbing on his shirt, so he's got to hold it up. Yeah, I have a, um, it's some tool, it's a muscle hook that helps <laughs> work out muscles, tight <laughs> knots and muscles, and I'm like trying to wrap that and then have it pull away from me so it does not rub on this thing, so it's kind of a jacked up looking thing going on right now here in my end, <laughs> but it, it seems to be giving us good recording, so. Right. So, so yes, we are the DFS bum uh, here, and uh, this is kind of like our first, I would say, probably what podcast then, right? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. kicking it off. Yeah, most of a... you that uh, if you see in our YouTube channel, or if you haven't, you might just know us from doing our preview videos and then our winning lineup uh, recaps that we do. But uh, yeah, we're going to try to work in a few podcasts here and there as well. Yeah, today we're hoping to kind of give you guys a little bit of kind of recapping on the first part of the season, and then Dan and I are just going to sort of share what the process has been like, kicking off our YouTube channel, kind of what we do, the behind the scenes, and uh, probably share a little bit about our MVNP, which those of you who don't already know, is our most valuable nonprofit. So yeah, I'm excited to be just kicking back, doing a slightly new style of content with you today, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it we just finished up week 5 and basically it's about quarter I would say it's almost exactly a quarter of the season uh people that play in the uh year long fantasy leagues those just go from week 1 to 16 so last week would have been their kind of their quarter of the season but as far as us NFL guys that play DFS that goes all the way through the Super Bowl so Regular season is 17 weeks, and then the playoffs, um, I don't know, they're usually about three or four weeks or so. Um, so at week five, yeah, we're literally a quarter of the way through the season already. And for people that don't know, Dan, Dan's not only playing in these single-game tournaments, all the stuff that we make content around, but tell them how many leagues you're playing in the season long as well. Yeah, I am in this year. I cut down from last year. I was in like 35 last year. And this year I am down to where I am in, uh, um, let's see, I'm in uh, 13. I'm in uh, 12 on this one site. Uh, it's called myffc.com. Uh, That's the website. Um, they've got a whole whole host of different tournaments on there, but there's a fun one there. And uh, you start off in this like league with 12 guys, but then you can – if you win that league, then you can go on until this huge league where um, you could potentially win uh, $250,000 for first place. If you can win like the overall big league that's got just, you know, over tens of thousands of people in it, uh, hard to do, but it's, it's fun. It's a little bit different than the, the daily fantasy. Uh, so, so that's I, insane. 35 leagues. Like I don't, can't even begin yeah. to imagine what that was like. It was uh, like a job. <laughs> I literally had, uh, and I was playing on a couple of different platforms. I was playing on uh, Yahoo last year. And then I have some, I play with my buddies on ESPN. And then I was doing this one, uh, like I mentioned, this one uh, league, this players championship last year. 
And so I literally had to create a spreadsheet that would just keep me, uh, keep me, keep me organized with everything, you know? And, uh, it was, it was fun. It was a lot of work. Um, ultimately I, I didn't quite make a profit on it, but, um, uh, but I did okay. I mean, overall, you know, I what didn't really lose e- that much money, much money. What would you equate that job to if it was in a different field? Kind of like what you're doing with that type of work. Yeah. Um, I would say in my mind, it's, it's kind of similar to maybe either, either being like really one of two things, like being in sales or maybe being like, let's say you were on a, like a professional golfer, like you were, you just became pro and you weren't on the main PGA uh, tour, but maybe like a Nike tour. And, uh, and this is more in regards to like, I guess, DFS, maybe just fantasy in general, um, DFS, or if you just specialize in these season long, uh, leagues And why I say it's like, kind of like, say if you're a golfer in that, um, and I used to work with some guys in sales, uh, that used to be professional golfers and they were saying, you know, it's not, as glamorous as it sounds, or as you think it might be, he's like, we we are driving all over the country. Um, we're brand new. So, you know, we have some sponsors, but that's really just for our equipment. So it's on our own dime where we have to go and travel and all the gas money and all the lodging. And there's no guarantee that they're going to make any money because they have to perform to win money um, onto that. And so you might have a lot of money uh, wrapped up, and going around to all these tournaments and not have a dime to show for it. Same thing like with a salesperson. Um, maybe you have your own company or your business and you're doing sales or you're an independent contractor or sales where you might be the same thing uh, where you're traveling all over the place where maybe you have to fly uh, because your product is so unique. So you might be racking up, you know, thousands, maybe tens of thousands of dollars of debt before you go and then you make a sale that might win you 25 or there might be like a $25,000 commission or 50,000 or same thing in these, like say if you're up and coming golfer in the smaller, uh, smaller tour where maybe, you know, you, you, you were down tons of thousands of dollars, but then you finally placed to where, you know, you want some money back. Um, you know, so there's kind of this grind to it. Um, and at least on how I do it, uh, with my fantasy sports, uh, there's some people that do these cash games and, uh, that's where they put, they're playing more head to heads matchups, or, uh, they'll deal these other tournaments where the, they pay the top 50 people. Like you just double your money. So you can go about it that way, but that's like a little bit of a grinding of itself too. That's like a slow process. You'll probably win more often than, uh, not, or ideally if you're like a pro and you're making money out of, you know, you'd have to win more often than not, but, that might be like where you're like, you know, let's say you never really lose that much money, but you might just kind of get a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there. And it's a grind to try to build like, you know, money to live off of where, again, if you go back to like what I do playing in these DFS wise, what I do is just play in the single game tournaments or uh, at times like this past uh, Sunday, the 4 PM slate was just based on two games and I'll play in two game slates. I do really well at those. Um, I showed you that text at one point I was in first and second place all by myself. Uh, and it was in the fourth quarter of the game. So, I mean, it's pretty, you know, at that point, you know, like you got a legitimate chance of winning big. 
Right. And I was, uh, yeah, a hundred thousand was first and 25 grand was second. Let's take people back to the first game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so even, even a little bit back before that, um, for me, I started, uh, playing in these single game tournaments that came out last year and I did, uh, well, I, I got, I did pretty good. I had a 1099 for, from FanDuel last year. I just played in FanDuel and, uh, it was for like, I think about four grand or so, or 4,800 or something like that. And then, and then I started playing NBA and I never played NBA before. And I, I ended up having some really nice wins at NBA in February, which gave me enough bankroll just to keep on playing. I got my butt kicked a little bit here and there, but I was still had a profit. And then I finally won. Uh, I got first place in the finals in a single game tournament and I won 125,000 in that. So from there, um, going into the football season, we was ready to rock and roll. And uh, I just felt a lot more sophisticated. And uh, the first game of the year was the Packers and the Bears and uh, played that single game slate. There was, gosh, I think it was a million dollars for, it was a million dollars for first place, but that tournament was huge. I want to say there was over 300,000 in it or maybe 400,000 entries. And I did get first place and I tied. I can't remember how many people I tied with. It was quite a bit, but I did win uh, over 10 grand that very, very first, uh, for opening night, <laughs> you know, and that was like a hell of a way to start off the season. And then, uh, and that was a relatively straightforward lineup. I remember I had Alvin Robinson, uh, or Alvin Robinson is the, uh, MVP for the bears. Uh, he was a receiver of theirs or is a receiver of theirs and he'd done well. And I can't remember the four other guys, but he was my MVP and he is a high scorer of the game. And, uh, since then, um, it, it's been kind of a tough go at it. Uh, there was, uh, I got first and another one in, uh, there's been about what we're just finished up week five. So there's three main tournaments I'll play in each week, the Thursday night game, the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. And so we've had 15 games and one of those games, the tie was so huge. I, even though I got first, I actually lost money. It was like a 600-some way tie, uh, and it was only like $626 uh, dollars, um, for for first that night. Um, but then I had a couple of really near misses. There was, uh, I think it was in week two, I can't remember what night, but I was in first, and then the Titans were just getting their butt kicked, and they threw a long pass to Adam Humphreys as time expired, and that kicked me out of winning about five grand. Um and then uh, just and then there's a lot of, plenty of other times it's real close, which I mean that that's you know that like where if a guy gets a touchdown or a couple more uh, catches, you you would get in first place. That's more common, but this one I was literally like in first place for like the last like two or three minutes of the game, and that was literally the last play of the game that 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 had kicked me out of that. Um, a couple other highlights. Uh, there's a buddy of mine. Uh, you had met Ryan. Uh, my buddy Ryan and he is uh brand new and um my experience level I can't play in anything under three dollars so I'll help uh Ryan out and at times like you know Solomon out with lineups and make suggestions or even we'll build some for him and uh I built some for Ryan and he put them in 
the five cent contest that they have, and then there's a twenty five cent contest and a dollar contest. Or excuse me, there's not a he didn't put it in the dollar contest, but he put it in the five and the twenty five cent. And he got first place in both of those. And uh he tied, I know I remember he sent me a screenshot of the twenty five cent one. And uh that was uh yeah, that was like nine hundred dollars he had won on a twenty five cent entry. So that was a phenomenal return on his uh entry fee for sure. Um so there was a couple of uh highlights there and then the as you know the last couple of weeks there's just been some really nutty things going on with players uh that are just coming out of the woodworks and uh blowing up which have really like disrupted the apple cart for a lot of people in their lineups you know yeah um, i read a comment on one of the, uh i think it was the dfs bachelor i've been watching a lot of other dfs players in yeah. this space just to kind of learn more about the game yeah and i still don't have a full grasp on it so if you guys are listening and you're not catching everything the players that dan's mentioning or anything like that don't worry because we really simplify it in our previews yeah they're very specific for the games that we recommend playing in you yep. but um Somebody was just saying, it's a crapshoot, you know, like regardless of the amount of, and, and you had kind of touched on it in one of our recaps and it's just like, shoot, like maybe I'll make a hundred lineups and then just kind of go crazy on the other 50. Yeah. What are your thoughts looking back on where we've gotten in this season so far and moving forward, given the strategy that you've implemented and that we've kind of been teaching and uh, suggesting to other yeah. people? Well, you know, there's there's a couple things. In the beginning of the season, uh, teams, because it's a, uh, it's a whole new season and you might have some new players uh, from, you know, their rookies that they drafted or maybe they were free agents they signed or maybe they did a trade. You could have new coaches in place. And so even even though there's all these players that you might be familiar with from the year prior, each season is a new season and – you have to give some time for there to get these games where you start to see like a little bit more clear cut trends. So there's a lot more guesswork in the beginning of the year. Now that we're going into week six and I really thought really once you get probably in my mind past like week three or four, you start to get a little bit more of a trend. The first couple of weeks are, are really kind of hard uh, at times, but um, you know, there, I guess there's kind of two schools of thought like as I told you, if, if you remember back when we first started doing this, um, I just try to win. Uh, and so, cause and the other, and you know, of course everyone's going to try to win, but the thing is you could be contrarian and contrarian be, would be that you throw in this really unique lineup. And the idea is because, uh, because there's not as many options in the single games, that's why I do them because I feel that, I can just become an expert on this one game based on two teams and all these players and the range of outcomes are like, there's like, there's like thousands, tens of thousands. But if you go into these main slates where it's based on like all the games, there are literally tens of millions of player combinations. And to me, that's a little bit overwhelming on trying to figure all that out. And the first place is a million dollars typically, but, and there's usually, and there's not that many ties in there, but because there's so many combinations, but I've had it where um, when I do these tournaments, I typically try to max out and do 150 entries. That's what your maximum is. And in those big slates, you can sit there and it might be possible where you do a hundred and like 
that's usually like, you know, it might be anywhere from five to 10 bucks to join. So let's say, uh, let's just say it's $10 and you had 1500 dollars in entry fees and all these 150 unique lineups. And it might be very possible that not a single one of them wins money and you lost $1,500. Whereas you go in that single game, you go in there, you build your lineups, you put them in there. And even if you do bad, um, in that same scenario, like when I've done like absolutely horrible, I usually have won at least like 500 bucks back, like a third of it. Um, more often than not, you're probably like, if you don't win or, or place up high, you'll probably end up winning about like, I would say anywhere from 75 to 50%. We'll call it like say two thirds about, or, or, or at least you win back 60% of your money. So I think it's a lot easier. I don't think you have to have a, you don't have to have, it's like, I don't think like, I know you don't have to have as big of a bankroll if you want to do the max entries and you still have the high upside. Like I mentioned, um, I was doing the single game NBA tournament for the finals and uh, that, that was, uh, it was 200 for first and 50,000 for second. And I, there was a one way tie or excuse me, I tied with one other guy and we, we split, you know, the top two spots. So I still got $125,000, you know, life changing money basically allowed, uh, you know, me to, you know, for us to kind of like start this channel a little bit and just share what I do from this approach. Um, other guys will, will do a lot of players will play like those cash games I was talking about and they'll, they'll do the main slates and they'll do, they'll do like a little bit of everything. But, um, I used to be an insurance underwriter. And if you go and you look back as far as insurance, which was really kind of the same thing, you're trying to take data and numbers and you're using these numbers and past performance to make prediction on the future and future performance. Same thing like doing stocks, like you're buying stocks, hoping it's going to be performing and grow. It, it, they're really all kind of like the same. They're really the same type of thing. Like if you're good at one of those and you have the mind for it, you, it's really transferable. The only thing that you need to understand is like what it is that like you might be trading, whether it's those companies or if it's like, I used to always play football and I just started playing the NBA and I used to always follow the NBA. I used to be a hardcore NBA fan, but then I got out of it. Um, I grew up in Michigan and I live in Michigan and I've always been a Pistons fan and most of you guys know um, they didn't make the playoffs last year, but other than that, their team, there was like a decade where they only made the playoffs like one year. And as the Pistons started to suck, I just started to kind of lose interest in the NBA. So when I got back in the NBA, um, for me, it would have been absolutely foolish to try to play in those main slates because I had no idea the players anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's honestly kind of like, I just built on what I did in football, playing in those single game slates. And I did that in uh, basketball. And they also have a, I I assume they'll have it again this year, but it was kind of nice. They had uh, a tournament where it was just based on two games on the West coast. And they had that literally every single night. And it was like seven bucks downer in first place. Um, would usually be like 30, 30 to 50 grand. Um, depending on, you know, what type of the season was going on and, and whatnot. And, uh, and I did pretty well with that. And it just, and then, and that was so good 
that's kind of where I developed this, this whole thing or where it really made sense to me was like, I know the NFL pretty well enough where I honestly could probably go on those full game slates and I think do okay. Um, again, um, you know, and I have the bankroll to do that now too, if I wanted to, but, um, I feel that like, you know, you need to just going back to like the insurance example. It's like, if you become an expert in one thing, you always do better. Like that's the thing with insurance companies, like a Geico that just does car insurance. They're the way they're much more profitable doing car insurance than like somebody like you might see like all state, like, you know, to Aaron Rodgers, all those Aaron Rodgers commercials, that's all state. They do like auto insurance. They do your home insurance. They'll do like business insurance. And, and they're still profitable and they're a good company, but they're not as profitable as like somebody like Geico that just specializes in auto insurance. And so that whole idea, having that in my kind of ingrained in me a little bit, is probably what like got me to gravitate towards going like, let me just try to really focus on this one game um, or this one tournament based on one game where I don't have to understand like two teams or the most it's two game tournament and there's four teams and with the NBA, as I was getting reacquainted with it, it was awesome way for me to get back into it because like, I didn't know all those players and, but I tell you what, and uh, I didn't even start playing the NBA until after the football season was over. So that was after the Super Bowl, and that's in the February. And that's because I was just bored out of my mind. Um, you know, we have these Midwest winners that are, are horrible. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I was just so bored. And I finally was, like, messing around with it. And uh, son of a gun, the first time I played, I actually almost won a tournament. It was pretty crazy. Um I was out of first by like a point. It was nuts. And so I was like, oh, this is super easy. And then I proceeded to just get my ass handed to me like over the next like three weeks or something. Like, like lose, I was losing my ass. And, uh, <laughs> excuse me. And then I finally was like one day, um, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And I just started to figure it out. And then I actually started using lineup builders, which really changed my world. Uh, Shout out to Roto Grinders um, and Draft Dashboard. Draft Dashboard is who I came across first, and I use them, and I use both of them too. I think they're both just good sites. I don't mind supporting either one of them. Um, they both have something uh, to offer to the table. But these uh, for the for folks that don't know, um, what it is is there's projections that each of these sites have that you can use, and they're and they're pretty decent. Um, but on Roto Grinders, you can actually put in your own projections, which I've gotten to the point where I start to kind of do that. And it's really nice. And, you know, you can select the players you want. You can lock on them or you can delete them so they're not in these player pools. And you can just start making lineups. And it starts kicking out lineups for you. And then you can have them exported into a CBS uh, spreadsheet sort of deal. And then instead of manually having to load in all these lineups, which I used to do, which looking back was, is kind of like crazy uh, for me to think about that, like doing it that way. Um, you can throw in uh, 150 lineups. So I love it because I'll game script where I'll, and that for some of you that might be newer to this, that means where I'll take like scenarios and a game and I'll partner up like quarterback with his receivers and uh, maybe like their kicker. And then, there's two other spots and then just, just, I don't know, lock those players and I'll just have it kick out what other players are available. So it's a really good way um, to, to compete at, I think at a really high level to compete with the professionals. Um, 
you know, I was able to kind of turn this into a career and, and I don't, I mean, there's, there's definitely a degree of luck to some, to, to some of it, but if long well, as you have a, come this, a consistent approach, I think like anybody um, can make it happen for themselves for sure. That's what I was going to say that keeps it interesting. You know what I mean? With the element of luck and we're really playing the averages. Yeah. A lot of these tournaments. And yeah. I feel like the, the single game tournament is a really cool opportunity for people to really grasp the an understanding of how to play and how mm-hmm. to play well yeah. before they get into these larger tournaments. Yeah. Because if you can get a grapple on just a single tournament, mm-hmm. these larger um, tournaments are, just a bunch of those single game tournaments mm-hmm. yeah and um you know i liked what you said about really becoming an expert in one thing and that's really what we've done with the dfs bum is we have dedicated our channel we have a youtube channel if you guys want to watch the previews recaps um where we focus solely on the single game tournaments and um it's just really cool to see we go back and we will review the winning lineups and, you know, we're not always right in our predictions, but we're going off of the numbers. You know, we're not mm-hmm. guessing here. And yeah, it's it just it's cool to see how the season has kind of evolved from, you know, getting first on the first day. Yeah. But but also realizing, like, there's crazy stuff that happens and it's there's, you know, it can be unpredictable at times, but we're mm-hmm. kind of just being consistent. And if you're consistent, if you're dedicated to it and you can kind of roll with the punches, mm-hmm. there's a lot to gain. But one thing I wanted to say really quick is if anybody has any questions for Dan or I, um, there is a voice message um, feature on anchor where you can actually leave us a voice message and we can respond to any of your questions. So if you yeah. guys have any, be sure to leave those on there and we'll, it, um, we'll add them to our next episode and address them as best as we can. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm curious for you, where you are now, Dan, mm-hmm. looking back to when you were just getting started with this, mm-hmm. what would be some things you would just say, you know, don't focus so much on this or really, you know, maybe you should, you know, advice for yourself just starting out. Yeah. Um, really understanding your bankroll and how much to contribute for any given, uh, tournament. We talk about that in some of our game theory videos, but in general, um, so you don't usually want to use more than 5% of your bankroll. So let's say you had a thousand dollars that you were gonna, you maybe throw cause you wanted to start off, um, with this and try to maybe, you know, make it like a, you know, like a little side gig where you're profitable. Um, in theory, you don't want to do more than $50 in any given tournament. So in this case, how you would start, if you wanted to focus on, a on 150 entry tournament would be, you wouldn't be playing in the one that I'm playing in where it's $9. Uh, I'm literally throwing up $1,350 every, every, you know, every Thursday and Sunday and Monday night to do that. But my bankroll is enough that I can support that. What they would want to do is maybe something more like what you or Ryan are doing, where you guys have been going down in um, the five cent entry fee. And that still pays out like uh, 
usually like 300 to about 500 bucks for first place. And then you'll do 150 entries there. So that's only 750. You know, that's like, I mean, that's like a happy meal at McDonald's nowadays or something, or, or like a fancy coffee at Starbucks. Um, you know, you could do that. Or there's even a 25 cent one where it's like usually a grand to two grand for first place. And, and these are, you know, they're, they're bigger tournaments, but that right there, that's only 38.50. You know, so in theory, if you're, thousand dollars you put into it and you wanted to do that 150 max entry so you're really not trying to do over 50 bucks probably what you know what i would do or what i used to do is i would make actually 300 lineups i would put in my very best in the 25 cent one and then i would start to maybe explore maybe play with those contrarian things or things that might be odd then maybe throw those like in the five cent one because you know if they don't lose if they don't hit like who cares it's not that big of a deal you know, most of us spend like 10 bucks a day just on junk that we don't really probably need where you could easily take money on stuff that you kind of, you know, like some people just tend to spend their money frivolously on things they don't really need where you could take that money and that could be basically covering your entry fees. And then you might have something at the end of the day to show for it. You know, that's what I would do if I went back from it. For your lineup builder, which has been relatively new in your workflow you yeah. know, over the last year, yeah, um, is there a feature to just randomize and get the most bizarre random lineups? Or are you, you like you said, you're scripting and you're kind of stacking these players that you think are going to play well together to get the optimal points? Yeah. Just, now I wonder. There, I there, wonder. there really isn't, like, because there's a lot of these places, like, like, uh, draft dashboard they'll have like what they call a lineup optimizer and what that will do is that will take the projections and it's basically projecting like hey these are like the best these are the best lineups based upon the salaries because uh, there's all the players have a salary and there's a salary cap that you have to fit all these high guys on so it's like you can't take the five best players you have to get a combination of maybe the two or three best players and some lower value players or mid-tier type players and then fit them under the salary cap so and just that, to jump in really yeah. quick the mm-hmm. salary cap for these games is sixty thousand. so each player is ranging between five thousand to fourteen thousand. Um, yeah so that's what he means and there's five players that can play in each tournament obviously if you yeah. play this game you know this but if yeah you're a, new, a complete newbie that's yeah. what the salary cap means is that you can't spend more than sixty thousand. yeah so you have to you have to put these players in mm-hmm. to and and you don't have to spend that sixty thousand, but no. Sorry to jump in. I just want no, to... no. That's that's a good point, and that's a, that's actually a way that I'll be contrarian. And how I won in the NBA Finals was because I left. Uh, normally, in the NBA, it's a lot more predictable, and it makes sense because, like, usually if there's a guy that scores you know, let's say he's, he routinely scores 10 points a game. He chances are, he's not going to go out and score 50 points in one game. Well, in football, it's either like, you know, there's guys that will get consistently targeted and whatnot, but as we all know, there's these big, huge plays that happen. So there's a guy that might average five or six points, um, a game. And then all of a sudden he has a game where he has like 20 or 25 points, like fantasy points in, in football. And, and so there's a lot more, variety um and your range of outcomes um with with the football players performance where the nba um 
you know, like I say, usually it's a little bit more consistent. So anywhere where I'm going with all this was when I had my big one, when I left uh, about $1,500 on the table where most of the time, I think like there was a stat out there that was like 90% of the people were using all of the salary or, or leaving just $500 on the table. So now we've taken over to football. Um, and usually what it is, is that you can be contrarian simply by leaving money on the table and you can still have these really good group of players are there as opposed to maybe trying to find some player where, uh, let's say they, they've only seen the field. Well, <laughs> this is what happened the other night. It can work like this Pringle guy, uh, for the chiefs. If, if you guys remember that or follow or in that tournament, this guy was only on the field for 12 plays, the first four games. And the receiver that was supposed to play Sammy Watkins doesn't play. This guy comes in and he has the 20 some points. He, he probably will not have all that production rest of the year. I almost guarantee it, but he ended up being the MVP and winning and, uh, and somebody won a ton of money that night. Normally I probably wouldn't that, that could work, but you're probably better off on like just taking a good group of players and leaving money on the table. And that's going to set you apart where you get like a real nice big win. Yeah. I, I was surprised to, to find out that like the last three to four winning lineups have really been lineups that you would if the lineup optimizer kicked it out to you and you double checked it, you were saying, you know, you probably wouldn't even include it. Yeah. There, cause that's what I'll do at times is uh, I'll definitely game script, but I also will have it where in uh, what Salmon would be talking about would be, this would be an example where let's say it kicks out a quarterback to be the MVP, but then the four other players are like running backs or receivers, but they're for the other team. Like that doesn't make any sense. Cause a quarterback to, in my mind, it, that does not make sense because a quarterback to get points, most of the time they have to throw a touchdown pass. I mean, they could run one in, but that doesn't really happen all that often in the, MV, or in the, in the NFL, unless you're Cam Newton and Cam Newton is uh, hurt, not playing this year. Right. So normally they're going to try to pass and like how in the world would the quarterback be an MVP, uh, but you don't have anybody else in, a, on, in the lineup because like he's going to throw to receivers. So like you probably want like one or two of his receivers or at times they throw it to the running backs. The so running backs will, will do that. So I'll, I'll have some lineups that will be like that. And I'll be like, well, that it, even though it says their points are projected, it just doesn't make sense for it to, to work out that way. Um, and rarely do those lineups win, but there had been one, uh, actually a couple of them where there were some really unique things, um, where I didn't necessarily have that. Um, now it wasn't like that scenario where the quarterback, um, was the MVP and he didn't have any receivers, but it was more of like one of the situations was there was a, like a receiver and, he was the MVP, but his quarterback, normally, if that receiver is an MVP, normally you would want to pair him with that same quarterback. That would make sense as opposed to pairing him with the opposite quarterback. But there was one game where something like that happened too where it just didn't really make sense um, to see how something like that would happen. But when you go and look at the game and you see these games and it was a really ugly, low-scoring game, then – 
some of that's then it's like almost anything can happen that's where shit like there was a a kicker that like was the mvp and that was very rare for to see that happen um you know and like that game was actually the new orleans saints teddy bridgewater's quarterback and they won that game 12 to 10 and their kicker kicked four field goals and that that's you know and then you turn around the next week i think it was teddy bridgewater um and luckily i wasn't in any tournaments most people probably got burned by him thinking like well he's already in there for drew Brees, who's like a hall of fame quarterback and he's hurt here for another probably month or two or whatever it is and bridgewater he comes in and he does horrible but then last week he had like four touchdowns so if he would have been in that tournament he would have been the MVP, you know, chances are, because he threw him, I think to like a couple of different, d- different guys. So that's just kind of the, you know, that guy would have b- gone from being a complete bum one week where he didn't even have over probably five or six points to where he would have probably had like almost 30 points or 25 or 30 points, uh, fantasy points. So it's just, it's crazy how it works at times. What but, do you, what do you yeah, feel like you're, prepping for for the next three quarters of the season yeah um i um you know as i talking to you i've i always kind of like tinker around with things and approaches a little bit and something that uh i wasn't doing last year i didn't even know if they had it last year was there's usually this, there's this $4 game that they'll have that goes along with this, like usually $9 game and a $4 game first place is usually like 20 or 25 grand. And, uh, and so that would be 600 to, to do your max entry. And again, with my bankroll being where it is, uh, what I've been doing and what I'm going to start to do a little bit more is just kind of, uh, basically really making those so that would be 300 lineups and really like um i'm trying to use think of a good example but i guess i'm gonna have like a more of a theme let's say um so for this game coming up uh i was just looking at this uh we have the giants and the patriots playing uh tom brady has been the lead uh, score fantasy score for the Patriots four out of five games so far. And he's uh, averaging about 22 some points. Uh, Jones is rookie quarterback on the Giants side of the ball. His first start, he had more of what I think is an anomaly where he had 34 points. Uh, he ran for a couple of touchdowns. Like I mentioned, it rarely happens, not once, but he did it twice and they threw for a couple. Since then, he's done horrible. So I, as of now, I'm probably not going to play Jones in the $9 tournament at all, but I will throw him in the $4 one, I think. Um, now, that right there is actually a good example of contrarian. Not that many people are going to have Jones as MVP. So to some degree, if I want – but to me, that's kind of risky Like, because if he does horrible, Jones, let's say I did 150 of him as the MVP, which, I, I mean, I would never do that in one tournament, but – um if he stinks the place up, that might be where all of a sudden you lost every single lineup lost. You don't win anything. So it's having that variety, but, but 
you know, and I used to have a big variety where it would be like, I'd have a little bit of this and a little bit of that and the $9 one and the $4 one. But I think now I'm going to make it more distinct. You know what I'm saying? Where, mm-hmm. all right, I'm not going to, you know, and maybe, and when I say like, so Jones, let's say I made 25 lineups of him total, you know, who knows, maybe I'd throw five of him in the big tournament just, just to have some representation of him, but more the bulk of him are, you know, that's what I'm more saying is I'm going to try to keep it more theme player theme driven per tournament and not be as uh, I almost think son of a gun. Like we were talking, I'm spending like hours game scripting hours and it's almost like, I almost kind of feel like I have a little bit, maybe too much variety and just kind of being like, screw it. You know what? I'm going to focus on these guys and, if they do great, awesome. If they don't, so be it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we were talking about is just not, uh, cause I was spending, gosh, I mean, I was spending the last two weeks, probably about 10 hours game scripting and building lineups. Like that's a little bit insane to, to be honest. It's like, it's a lot, but I was thorough as hell. That's for damn sure. Other than, some crazy shit happened, you know? And so it's like, you can't, you can't cover every single scenario. Um, so it's kind of like for me, like going, just telling myself, like, you know what, you don't have to cover every scenario. Give yourself like some breathing room and just maybe like some of these flyer guys just be like, you know what, screw it. I'm not going to do them at all. And if, and if, if they go off, they go off and then I lose. But you know, you know that I might be better because that's kind of what I did last year, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know what? Too speaking of last year, I flat out got my butt kicked. The first I was down, uh, probably in about week nine, like just get just down a lot, get just before I even had my first win. So, I, like I say too, now that there's going to be more trends and there's a little bit more familiarity, I, I kind of feel like. Um, Watch I feel out. like I'm, I'm feel like, yeah, like that's the best way to put a watch out. I'm, like, I'm coming. I'm coming for you. I'm coming well, for first place. I, I feel like keeping these podcasts about an hour seems like a good listening time for people. Yeah. Dan and I have been shifting our content creation around. We do about six videos a week for YouTube and we're just kicking off this podcast where it's actually going to be a first look at the previews, the recaps and all of our kind of banter back and forth. Uh, just talking about the season and catching you guys up on sort of the what is going on behind the scenes. And Dan's talking about doing all this work, uh, building lineups, and just doing all this research. And I actually met Dan probably four, gosh, I don't even know. Time flies how long yeah. ago that it was, was. I think it was in July. We might have met like yeah. like late July. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, it was after 4th of July. Yeah. And, um, you know, my background's in video and audio production. I've been super into the idea of building courses and educational content and just getting content out there for people to, to learn and become an expert at these different types of things. And when I found out that Dan had been successful with this daily fantasy sports, I, I came to him and it kind of was a mutual idea. We both came together, started talking and came up with the idea, let's build a mini course. So that's exactly what we did is we, Mm-hmm. sat down we spent a bunch of time together really trying to figure out how people could approach these single game tournaments for, as a complete newbie 
and how they could start to gain a deeper understanding and, of how to enter these tournaments and build their strategies and be mm-hmm. consistent because, you know, Dan's touched on it briefly, but like day trading, you know, you tried day trading, Dan, and it's yeah. not for everybody, you know, and this is a way for people to yeah. potentially be profitable. Um, you know, if you have some extra money on the side or if you're looking to, to, you know, just increase your odds, <laughs> you know, I feel like, yeah. um, well, you know, but... there's, there's a quick little story too, that you mentioned that like, with the day trading. So I, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, I used to be an insurance underwriter. I started this job right off. Well, actually in college, did it for 20 years, quit in uh, March of 18 and then been self-employed. I, I teach yoga. I've got a company where I own some rental properties and then I do this DFS and, and going back to like that first, the summer of 18 before these, these single game tournaments I knew even existed. Um, I was trying my hand a lot of different things and I was doing day trading and like, you know, and I did like, okay at the beginning, but honestly, I like, didn't feel like I knew what the hell I was doing. Like, and it just to me seemed like really like, and then finally I didn't do well and I lost my money doing it. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing with this. And, and it's like, I don't know enough about these companies. I mean, I know a little bit about them, but it's like, and I've got money in the, my retirement account, all this sort of stuff. And it's like, to me, that just seems like it was really hard to get my head wrapped around that. Whereas trying to predict like a player's sports performance to me, that just seems infinitely so much easier and tangible. And, and it's like, you don't have to try to wait, uh, you know, and it's like, it's either this day or not. And so that is kind of like, I'd kind of made that decision. It was like, I'm going to stick with this. And like I mentioned, um, and viewed his career and I, and I had a pretty good idea of bankroll, but I mentioned like being down. I mean, I was down like 10 grand before I started to win money. And, and some people might just like look at that and think like, Holy shit, that's insane. Um, to be down that much. But I'll tell you what, like, I think I showed it to you. Like, uh, when there was that whole, stupid trade war type thing with China. I've literally seen in one afternoon, my retirement account go down like $14,000, you know? And like, and I have no control over that at all. It just happens. And there's nothing to where is like son of a gun. I feel like in the DFS, like I feel more empowered doing that because I feel like I can predict a hell of a lot more accurately and feel like I can compete with other people on how this player's sports performance is. Whereas like, I just finally told myself, like, I don't know enough about this. I haven't been doing with it. And I'm competing, competing with people have been doing this for decades. As far as day trading, I know infinitely more about just the stock market in general and all the nuances of these companies. And I used to read like financial reports and balance sheets and income things, but I don't know like all the other reports that these guys are looking at. So, um, so it's like something like, sometimes like the common knowledge, like, you know, put money into your retirement account, which I mean, obviously you should, but it's just like sometime, like, you know, maybe you got to go off and do your own thing and maybe it's not quite conventional, but maybe it's something that becomes amazing if you just carve out like your little niche for yourself, you know? And I think that's something too, to that shows like, you know, you were, you were down $10,000 and you entered another contest you know, mm-hmm. like there's those times 
where you know you're putting in your all and you're doing your best and mm-hmm. you're not you've got nothing to show for it but yeah. you're continuing to to do it and that's where you know it's so fun to be doing this this daily content with you because we've really shifted our our narrative of the content that we produce yeah and we're really interested you know if you're a listener of the show or you watch our content you know what it is that you see value in because mm-hmm. we're still so flexible in what we focus our time and attention on and we just want to provide as much value to the yeah. listeners and the viewers as possible um just because that's really why we're doing it you know it's it's fun and it's cool to build this community around yeah. you know what you know you really are passionate about the game i'm yeah. starting to learn it you know i'm just yeah. getting to know it and there's this this cool duality between dan's experience with this and my complete um kind of amateur yeah. perspective but i feel like between the two of us we have a pretty balanced um you know so if you're you think my questions are silly because you're an advanced player i still think that there's going to be a lot of content that we produce that you will you will see value in because yeah yeah and yeah. something too um you know, if even if you're really not into DFS, I mean, I wouldn't expect you to necessarily listen to these podcasts, um, you know, because we're not really speaking to any of your passions. But kind of the main reason um, I really want I wanted to get into this and do this community and build this YouTube channel was what Salomon had mentioned earlier on our MVNP. It's the most valuable nonprofit. Um, that was kind of something, um, when I made the decision, cause I used to kind of look at it like, well, I'm going to do like DFS for NFL and like approach it as like a career. And then I got bored and I was like, well, I'm going to figure out MBA. And then if I can figure out MBA, then it could like, I could make it like a career. Uh, and, uh, I end up having a nice win. Um, it was right that week of the all-star break of the NBA. I won like 13 grand on Sunday and then they have like a little day break and then they start back up on Thursday and then I won like 39 grand. So I won like 50 grand that week. And, uh, at that time, um, I teach yoga and I work with people in recovery and that's what Trini does. They help people in recovery from alcoholism and drug addiction and, uh, they give scholarships to students that are coming out of that situation um, so they can afford to go to yoga class. And Trini and they, is, yeah, Trini's our MVMP for October. I think yeah, we mentioned it earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I had a student, uh, and she was doing really, 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 really well. And then she had a relapse and uh, she had shot up and she overdosed and died. And um, when I, one that night, like, like all this was kind of going on, like at the same time, like last February, actually in January when that happened and, uh, and, uh, and that was kind of like, I was making this decision. And then when I had done well, I kind of made the, my, I decided at that point in time, it's like, I'm going to start to no- donating money, uh, to these different, uh, causes and nonprofits that I feel real strong about. And so, uh, her family, and this is one, uh, uh, they're called lost voices and I won't get into a whole lot of detail, but that is somebody that we want to try to work with. 
uh, in the future. And that's who her family had uh, requested donations to. And I checked them out and they use the arts, uh, music and poetry for kids to heal. That might've been abused, um, maybe physically, emotionally, uh, sexually, um, some of the kidnapped and sex trafficked. It's just crazy, but they use the arts. And so, and Amanda was a musician. So I donated money there and then Trini and, um, and really, I started to think about it when I was doing overall research last year. There was over $3.3 billion in people and uh, entry fees to these DFS tournaments. And normally, the sites that just host them, they have what they call a rake, and that's 10%. And that's just what they take just to run everything because, the, as you see, these sites are pretty elaborate and it costs money to put them up, you know. So... Anyway, that means that there was $3 billion in money awarded to people out there playing this. And for me, uh, right now, I'm up about 150000 for the year. So it's like, hey, if I can give money back this year and do this and create this community and try to do this for years to come, well, maybe I can inspire some other people too because, um, yeah, there's $3 billion out there in winnings. And somebody can have this huge winning, maybe they can, you know, maybe they can go and really make a huge difference in their community or something that they're passionate about, or maybe they'll start their own foundation or something, you know? So that's kind of really what at the end of the day, um, that's to me is like, gives it purpose. It's fun and I love doing it, but this just makes it, it makes it like, like, you know, yeah, it make there's a purpose to it. When I wake up in the morning, it's what really like helps me get excited about all this that we can do all this and just get connected with people. That's it's, it's really amazing. And it's so cool too. Trini has been our first most valued nonprofit that we released and we've had a great response from our community already. Uh, yeah. what we're doing is we're for Trini is we're raising two thousand dollars. And we actually funded, Dan funded the first $1,000 to get us 50% to our goal. And we've raised another $200 plus, I think, mm-hmm. just within the first 36 hours of, of posting it. And, you know, your contributions are just, we're so grateful that you guys took the time to, to learn about the Trini Foundation and share the post. And, yep. Um, we we have that set exciting. up on uh, the Facebook uh right now um yeah it'll be linked in the show notes of this episode too okay cool yeah and um yeah yeah so we're really excited about that Uh, so they're all uh to just you know not that you know that people are gonna donate just for this but you know it's done through facebook and the you know these are uh i can't remember the irs designation but anyway if you do donate money, let's say you threw in a hundred bucks or whatever, you'll get that receipt that will come from Facebook and you can save that. And that can actually be a tax write off for you as well too. So if you do decide to note donate, when you get that email receipt, you know, keep that for your CPA come tax time mm-hmm. too. Yeah, definitely. And um, I wanted to mention too, if there's any nonprofits or charity organizations that you know about that you think would benefit from partnering up with us uh, to raise a little extra money, get a program yeah. off the ground, definitely yeah. reach out to us, send us a voice message or just send us an email. We'll be sure to leave our email in the show notes as well, but it's just DFS bum 
at gmail.com. So you can yeah. send your inquiries there. And uh, we're setting up probably about 10 for the season. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we still have we're, some openings and yeah, we're about halfway full or so. So yep. we could do, we could definitely do some more. Um, as of right now, we're not, you know, I'm not ready into uh, DFS baseball and I don't, I don't know if I ever will be, um, you know, if the community is growing, you know, maybe I'll start to play like a little bit. Um, but that was kind of the idea was to kind of do one a month uh, through the NBA finals in June. And then we'd take July and August off and then kick it back up. And uh, again, for the following September, but again, um, I guess it just kind of depends on how things are going with, uh, with the community and our, time and everything and we'll just kind of take it take it one day one one day and one tournament at a time see how things go and and the coolest thing about these these podcasts i feel is that we get to look back on what it was that we were doing when we started you know yeah we've, we've been working on this for a couple months now and it's shifted and changed but you know this podcast i see this being a weekly podcast if you guys enjoyed listening be sure to tune into the next one and this will be a, your go-to source for single-game tournaments. Um, and as we move into the NBA, it may shift just slightly to two games. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to this just because, you know, as we continue to catch you guys up on the purpose and sort of the strategies behind the game, we'll be learning together because I'm still picking it all up. At, at the... Yeah, those, those single-game tournaments just came out last year too. So I, I kind of feel that, like, you know, even people that have been playing DFS or fantasy leagues for like decades, um, you know, can, we're, we're all, we're, well, I mean, we're like all learning, you know, cause it's never yeah. had this type of game out before, you know, and, um, you know, and I, my, me, myself, I've been playing, uh, about, I'm kind of relatively new actually for, I've been doing the fantasy leagues. I started in, uh, 2011 and then uh i think it was 2013 or 14 i started doing dfs and i just kind of like just that just real sporadically and then it was more in 2016 where i started to like um basically start to play at daily and then uh i've been fortunate yeah to earn uh 1099 the last four years now playing fantasy sports so i feel that uh i've got something i can contribute to you know to to this community and uh, especially with these new slates, these single game slates and uh, just fun to talk about. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm really digging this, this medium for content creation, you know, it's pretty laid back and we can just yeah. talk about anything. And like I mentioned, if you guys have questions, definitely leave them in the anchor message app. You can leave voice messages and we can respond to them, add them into our podcast. And we'd love to do shout outs We've been doing uh, call-outs for the winners of each tournament. So, you know, how cool would that be to have some of these winners on the podcast? Yeah. Um, I see some of these, you know, nonprofit and charity organizations. Like, let's talk about your project. Let's get that off the ground as well, and we'd be happy to have you on the yeah. podcast. Well, and even – share um, your story. And even, uh, too, like, you know, we we view us just working hand-in-hand hand with – because there's a lot of guys out on uh, – on you know youtube like awesome as a channel and then the, we like the the dfs bachelor and uh there's the dfs whispers there's a guy named salvetri all those guys are great and and they they kind of more go over like the whole slates um but i kind of feel like you know that 
we all just kind of like work together and it's usually good to get like the takes from a couple different people anyway. So it would be cool maybe to even try to get some guys from some of those other sites on the show and just hear their stories or maybe people like at Roto Grinders. Um, I think they do like some YouTube things too, but you know, uh, that guy from Roto Grinders, um, there was a, uh, documentary that he was in. It was really cool. Cause he was talking about like, he's a stay at home dad. He plays DFS and runs Roto Grinders and is a stay at home dad and just looks like he's got a beautiful family. It's like, that's like awesome. You know, like he's playing, he's doing something that he loves and he gets to spend time with his kids. And that's kind of the thing. Like we do DFS, you could actually be a stay at home dad, you know, or mom, you know, and play it. Cause you're usually just at home in front of your computer. You can watch your kids there. So it's, it's really cool. Um, just to hear these, I, I like that part of it. Just that human element, like the human story behind all of this is just as interesting to me as playing the game. Heck yeah. And I, I think there's going to be some cool stories too, you know, oh, I think, you know, the, for sure. the stay at home dad who's spent the last $10,000 of the family's money free fees <laughs> you know it's like yeah it's, yeah it's not for everybody but yeah there are that you know, dad does not understand bankroll management if he's doing that <laughs> he's yeah. he's gonna watch more of our videos yeah <laughs> yeah he needs to be a, a, a subscriber <laughs> for sure. um but yeah this has been awesome dan thanks so much for yeah for the great conversation today and if you guys uh want to subscribe to our youtube channel be sure to just search dfs bum on youtube and subscribe to our podcast uh any feedback you guys have for us be sure to leave us uh yeah their feedback we'd love to hear from you and the podcast now is on i know it's on spotify it's on uh it's on a couple of different platforms right yep yeah yeah i, I, I don't even it's know on google play spotify apple podcasts and radio fm i believe nice um but and it's just going to continue to grow uh we've submitted it to a few other platforms as well so nice we're kicking it off but uh yeah thanks so much for listening today and we'll see you guys in the next episode all right take care guys we'll talk to you soon bye